You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Well, we've been talking about the Jesus culture. These things I'm talking about are not the things that get you born again. He got you born again. He gets you born again. By his individual sovereign work. And it's a free gift. Praise God. Oh, praise God. But when he gets you born again, he has also designed to work in you by himself to live the kingdom culture. Praise God. So everybody who is born again lives by the word. When you're born again, you live the life of evangelism. When you're born again, you live by the Spirit. And when you're born again, you live by divine timing. And when you're born again, you live what I call the life of thanksgiving, which is thanks living. Your life becomes an outpouring of thanksgiving to God. Oh, praise God. Tell the next person, I live the life of thanksgiving. So that's where we are now. And last week I started with you. And we realized that we live the life of gratitude because of what Christ Jesus has done. Praise God. And so whatever we do that we think it is service to God, whether it is cleaning the church, working with your employees, giving money in the church, giving money to charity, whatever we do in word or deed, we do it as representatives of Christ. And we come with his presence into his presence. As Colossians 3, 16 to 17 will tell us. To the glory of the Father. With our hearts full of thanksgiving. Praise God. That's why he tells us that in all things, in everything, we should give Thanks, for this is the will of God. So the will of God is that you give thanks in all things. 
So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we see Apostle Paul telling us in 16, 416, therefore we do not lose heart. Why don't we lose heart? Because though we are outwardly wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed. Day by day. You see, when your life becomes a life of thanksgiving, people sometimes will think you are wasting away. Because the point is, you are giving all to the benefit of others because of Christ. And so they will think that you are wasting away because they value life but the abundance of things people have. But you don't hold on to it. You give away because your life is a gift. Praise God. And we went in to understand why he said that right from verse 1. Until he got to the 15 and he said, all this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Praise God. And I said that you see the word grace there. And you see the word thanksgiving there. And you see the glory of God there. And you see that the word grace in the Greek is the word charis. And the word thanksgiving there is the same word eucharistian. So eu and then stian. Tian. Between eu and tian is charis. So anybody that gives thanks understands that they are a product of grace. Anytime a man thinks that they are the ones doing it, they can give thanks. Because they are the ones doing it. But when you know you are a product of grace, gratitude flows. And when gratitude flows, God the Father receives the glory. And whilst you give more thanks, more gratitude, more glory, more grace, more gratitude, more glory, more grace, more gratitude, more glory. That is the life of the believer. That's why we grow from grace Praise God. Seventeen. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Ah, what drives me is not what I see. What drives me is what he has done that he has made available for me to see in eternal glory. Because I said, whatever you hang on that you can see that is material, oh, it's either you leave it or it will leave you. 
it has an expiry date on it. It doesn't motivate me anymore. There's something that motivates my spirit. That drives me. The eternal weight of glory. So sometimes I may have to go through some pain. By giving it. By letting it go. But it draws for me an eternal weight of glory. Praise God. Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, emphasizes the same principle. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So we're going to take it. And I want everybody to give me your very rapt attention. Listen to this. I realize that I really don't even need to mention this to you. About helping God's people. What it means is that this must be driven by yourselves. By what you know he has done. I don't even need to mention it. So me mentioning it. Sometimes I'm sure Paul says gets me worried. But I need to do it. Because it's something you must do that you're not doing. For I know how eager you are to do it and I've boasted to the friends in Macedonia that you were ready to send an offering a year ago. Okay, look at the next verse. In fact, it was this enthusiasm of yours that stirred up many of them to begin helping. But I'm sending these men just to be sure that you really are ready, as I told them you would be, with your money all collected. I don't want it to turn out that this time I was wrong in my boasting about you. <laughs> the apostle. You know, some people are able to start something and start very well. And then very soon, they are losing kappa. You know, you know, you know, there are some of us like that. You know, I used to run 5,000. Uh, you know. You used to. And when we start like that, there are certain people, they are just brought into the race and they are distractors. You see, what they will normally do is that they will distract you. Um, they will start with speed. And if you follow them, they are not meant to last. They are just brought in to distract the champions. So if you're a champion and you also follow them, you will lose Kappa. Because they, they don't even come to finish in the first place. That's not who you are. Oh, you are born again to win. As a matter of fact, the day you got born again, you won. So everything you are going through is in the process 
of the winning mentality and the winning spirit that got you born again. Your life is the life of a winner. Paul said, the kind of boasting I've done about you guys, I'll be very much ashamed if you don't do what you said you do. And so, would you, if some of these Macedonian people come with me, only to find that you still aren't ready after all I've told them. You know how you can boast about somebody? And if they don't perform, now your integrity is at stake. Paul said, don't put me to shame. So I've asked these other brothers to arrive ahead of me. To see that the gift you promised is on hand and waiting. I want it to be a real gift and not look as if it were being given under pressure. The life of giving in Christ Jesus is not giving under pressure. When I force you to give, oh my word, I have actually taken away the essence of your giving. If you don't have a willing heart to give, it's because you have lost understanding. Are you here with me? I don't want to go into it. Let's all read what he says. Go. But remember this. If you give little, next, a farmer who plants just a few seeds will get only a small crop. But if he plants much, he will reap much. Everyone must make up his own mind as to how much he should give. Now listen. In the Greek is the same thing. Not how much he would give. How much he should give. Because each one of us know what we can give. Are you here with me? As a matter of fact, in your spirit, most of the times, he tells us, it is one of the leadings of the spirit that Christians are very disobedient to. Oh, let's face the fact. He tells you what to give. But you choose. Not to obey. Oh, hello. Sometimes you say it's the devil. Sometimes you say, Charlie, this one is my mind. He wants me to go hungry. And they begin to calculate. Oh, are we here? So he said what? Let's all go. Go. No. We... 
we've got dude I, I like that place go did you hear that did, did you hear that because it takes away the very essence of the practice of new testament giving don't force anyone so sometimes when i, I some of you say oh pastor you when it comes to money you don't you don't force you don't force i should force you I don't remember the time I allowed somebody to force me. I give on my, listen, on my own accord, according as I'm led by the Spirit. Not because I'm a pastor. Right from when I was not a pastor. Go check with anyone I've been with. Because I understood this thing from my childhood. My daddy trained us with this. That don't ever be forced to give to God. Do you know why? Because your life is a thanksgiving to him. Because whatever you have, he gave it to you. Let's continue. For what? Please read it carefully. Go. For what? Cheerful givers are what? The ones God what? Prizes. This kind of transactional giving. I'm giving. You know, certain things we started, oh God have mercy, we started teaching. You want promotion. So, you have to give something for God to give. You promotion. If you don't give that. Listen, if you are, if you sense God wants to promote you, or somebody gives you a word of prophecy, and it settles as a confirmation in your spirit that God is giving you promotion, and you want to give to it, then you give in advance as thanksgiving. But don't say that your God is so wicked that until you give him something, he will not give you promotion. So, what are you doing? You are just bribing him. So, he will give you promotion. Listen to me. I've told you, I will teach the right thing. You make the decision. It will show your love for Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. The pastor, the offering has gone down. Well, let the offering go down. But when they understand, they will do the right thing. I'd rather they do the right thing so they enjoy every gift that God prizes the cheerful giver. Rather than force them to give. 
and there's no price to it. Hmm. Look at the next. Go. God is able to what? Make it up to you by giving you what? Everything you need and more so that there will not only be enough for your own needs but plenty left over to give joyfully Oh, if you want to clap, clap. <laughs> Who told you your father, God, is an irresponsible father? Listen to me very carefully. There are things you think you need that you don't need. There are things you want. There are things you crave for that will lead you to sin rather than lead you to righteousness. So if God were to be giving us everything we need by transactional giving, then I don't know where he will be leading us. I'm sorry. There are certain things you get not by the spirit of the Lord. You get by the determination of your own human spirit. Just like an unbeliever does. The unbeliever can tell you if you are determined you will get what you want. Because God wired it in man right from the garden of Eden. The human soul was wired by God. Have you forgotten? I will take you to that place. We'll go to Genesis. Let's finish here. Next. Watch it. It is as the scripture say, the godly man gives what? Generously to the... Anytime you see in New Testament scripture, most of the times, they talk about giving to the poor. Is because at that time, they didn't have churches like this. Uh-huh. The churches they had were very small, small churches in people's homes. So they didn't have churches like this where the church would have a certain cause and all of that. No. And everybody was just evangelizing in a very, I mean, massive but small way, not like the way we are doing it these days. So there's no much cost attached to it when it comes to the work of the church. And so they always take care of the needy in the church. Are you getting the point? Yes. That's why the stress was always on giving to the poor. Are you understanding me? Yes. Let's go ahead. His good deeds will be an honor to him. Oh. May he lead you in your giving. And may that honor be an honor forever. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. For God who gives seed to the farmer to plant and later on good crops to harvest and eat will give you more and more seed to plant. And will make it grow 
so that you can give away more and more fruit from your harvest. Did you get the cycle? What is the cycle? He gives you to give. He doesn't give you to hoard. Oh, are you here with me? Am I teaching Bible? You see, so listen, anytime God gives to a person, he has in mind a distributor. Anytime, anytime, because listen to me very carefully. Anytime, and I'm not talking just about money. Don't just think about money. Money is part, yes. But when God gives you the gift of life, I told you last week, God gave you the gift of life because he has seen a distributor of life. Your life must give others life. God gave you a talent. And that talent must be a blessing to other people. Did you hear what I said? So anytime God gives, he has an expectation that you would multiply what he has given to others. Oh, praise God. Is the reason why he gave me revelation of the word. And I am sharing it. Next. Yes, God will give you much. So that what? He doesn't give you much, so you give away little. You, you, are you here? You see, so you see what the problem is. The problem has not been God. The problem has been us. Because he gives us much, but we give away little. And when we take you take when we take your gift to those who need them, look at what happens. Go. They will what? Break out in, into what? Thanksgiving and praise to God for your help. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I will better live for this. That somebody is giving thanks to God for me. This is what a man should live for. So he summarizes it. Two good things happened as a result of your gifts. Go. Those in need are helped. And what next? And they overflow with thanks to God. Those you help 
will be glad not only because of your generous gifts to themselves and to others. Next. But they will praise God for this proof that your deeds are as good as your doctrine. I know the Lord. How do you know the Lord? I love the Lord. How do you love the Lord? Is your life a gift? Is whatever he gives you a gift to others? How much are you ready to part away with? Jesus called just 12. And because they were ready, Peter said, we have given everything to follow you. That's how come you have the gospel. Today, you are benefiting from somebody's giving. I told you last week, life is lived for others. Don't lie to yourself. Everything you are holding, continue holding. <laughs> I asked myself the other day, it just don't know me. How come people can do their will? Believers can do, even pastors can do their will and they don't have anything for the church. I, I asked myself that the gospel be preached. Whilst they are gone. I ask myself. I ask myself. I like the way the place is going quiet. I ask myself. And they will pray for you with deep favor and feeling. Watch this. Because of the wonderful grace of God shown through you. And then he caps it all with the motivation for our giving. Go. Thank God for his son. His gift. He's the reason we are all doing this. He is the reason. He is the reason. He is the reason. Because he has already given the gift that is wonderful. Words cannot describe. And because of him, we can give anything. We will not even consider it. Praise God. Take me to the next. I want to give you a case study. I'm not sure I'll be able to get to the Garden of Eden today. Let me give you a, a case study. Luke chapter 17. 11 to 19. And I'm sure it's a story that most of you may be aware of. 
the ten lepers. The ten lepers. Okay. Let's all read it. Go. As they continued onwards toward Jerusalem, they reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as they entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, say, have mercy on us. Now, this story is a typification of what Jesus had come to do. Leprosy stands for the defilement of sin. Okay? If you go to Deuteronomy, you see, I don't want to go into it. Or you go to Leviticus, you also see. Okay? So, it actually means that we were sinners, separated from God by our sins. Praise God. So, when Jesus heals the lepers, what it means is that he has ransomed us and has reconciled us back to God. Are you understanding me? Okay. So let's go ahead. He looked at them and said, go to the Jewish priest and show him that you are healed. As they were going, their leprosy disappeared. One of them came back to Jesus shouting, Glory to God. I am healed. I like the posture. Look at the posture. Go. He fell flat. You are that sinner. Jesus saved you. Jesus redeemed you. Are you back with your gift? Are you back with gratitude? Are you falling prostrate like this young man who understands the depth of his problem that this man Jesus has taken away? He came back with a certain posture. If it is not for you, where would I have been? He came with a certain posture. I consider not myself anymore, but by your grace. He fell flat. Flat. What this? In front of Jesus, face downward in the dust. The guy lost himself for him. Do you, do you understand what he's trying to say? He says, if you can even put your, your feet on me, I, I am just like what I'm lying in. Listen, when a man considers themselves this way, nothing is too much for them to give to him. Nothing is too much. Your time will not be too much. Your energy will not be too much. Your money will not be too much. 
You wonder why Peter says, my master was killed this way. Turn me upside down and kill me. You wonder why John was boiled in oil and he didn't care. Because they are falling flat. And they have put their face in the dust. We don't care anymore if it was not for this man. They are ready to give their all. Thanking him for what he had done. And he says, this man was a despised Samaritan. That was your state. despised Samaritan. So look at Jesus. Jesus had an expectation. He did. He did. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Jesus had an expectation. Next, does only this foreigner return to give glory to God? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. As this guy, by thanksgiving, received more grace, the others are still going to the priest. For a rigorous ceremony, For the priest to check whether truly they are healed. Because the law, which is the letter, killeth. But the spirit gives life. Everybody that understands grace walks in gratitude. Anybody that lives by the law definitely will live in ingratitude because they believe it by my works. The young man, Samaritan, acknowledged Jesus did it and was ready to give everything. Sometimes I wonder. Do you know, sometimes when you have to leave what you're doing to come fellowship and to come consume the word, he said, oh, pastor, I have to take care of my children. But this same person leaves their children 5 a.m. and they go to work in central region from Accra. And they don't care. They don't care. They are fine. They are fine. There are some of us. Our career can easily move us. We use our career to plan where we live. 
Pastor is coming. Oh, is that true? The whole thing has been misplaced. It's called misplaced priority. Because for us in this generation, what motivates us is more money. So far as the offer there is good, it means the spirit of the Lord says, I should go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Now, where we are fed to grow, to become like Christ, becomes the secondary. Say, oh, when I go there, I will be able to just find some church and fellowship. And most, listen, about 99%, they go and they backslide. Because, listen to me, our insensitivity to grace and ingratitude moves us by the trappings of the devil with materialism. So he just moves us away from the spot where we are growing steadily in the Lord. Traps us with money, with certain things that he knows we like, and we think they are testimonies. I can listen. <laughs> Where the Lord is opening my understanding to, you can ask my wife. I cry every time because I realize that the enemy has subtly and he has he has actually subtly sat in the middle of a church. What? I will come to talk about the seven churches. That the, <laughs> that the Lord sent his messages to. And you'll be shocked. When he said Satan was sitting in the middle of a church. He has become Satan's seat. Because the point is, what moves the church today is money. As a matter of fact, most of us come to church for money. All we are saying is, is that, oh, um, for me not to go to the malam. Yeah. And that's why we buy into tripling your money. Somebody can give you, say, I'm anointed man of God. He give you five cities. His five cities. He said, I've prayed on my five cities. It will triple your money. And then you give him 50,000. You can only fall for this trick. And this 419. Because you came for money. 
You yourself, that's why you came. No, are you understanding me? Yes. Did I say that God doesn't give money? No. That's not what I'm saying. God blesses with money. But that is not the primary. If you allow him to lead you, money will not lead you. You know why Jesus didn't speak about any other thing? He said, God and what? Money. Mammon, money. He can, no one can serve two masters. I can finish. I'll continue next week. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.